first pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars select Trophy Chase, Arizona. With the second pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Cody Smith, Houston, Texas. The Fantasy Draft Room is now on the clock. Welcome to the Fantasy Draft Room. I am Chase. You can find me on Twitter at Trophy Chase TFDR. And as always, my man Cody, where can they find you at? As always, y'all can find me on Twitter at Cody Smith TFDR. And it's hard to break the repetition of giving these intros, but we're happy to be back here, man. Watch some film on uh, Zach Charbonnet tonight. That was watched him last night as well i had to get my second dose in because i love myself some zach charbonnet after watching him the first time this year pumped for the rookie season and we got we got some big news from sleeper platform that we play on mostly we got the rookies added in so we can start to do our mock drafts on sleeper with the rookies and what better way to kick it off man than doing a 2023 rookie mock 2023 rookie mock we have been deep diving into the running back room lately so i know both of us have been uh, kind of watching giving our giving our own unprofessional eye uh, grades but making sure that we kind of have an idea of where these guys are going to rank for us um, at this point in the process uh, so we are excited to get into this 2023 rookie mock we do have our picks to get into to make sure we can uh to you can you can finish me off as this season goes as, as you uh, have have so eloquently beat me up so far in making these picks against the spread. But we do have some playoff drama that I wanted to bring up uh, first and foremost, because one guy you're very, very invested in is Trey Lance. And the other guy is Brock Purdy, who happens to be running this 49ers offense at a very efficient clip. Are you worried about Brock Purdy? Worried about about Brock Purdy in what sense, man? Because I've also been buying up Brock Purdy shares left and right, man. I like the kid. I like the kid a lot. But I was heavily invested in Trey Lance at the beginning of the season. And for those shares, I am definitely starting to get scared, man. If this kid – I'm talking with 49ers fans. I got one at my work who's just like, yeah, if we even make it to the NFC Championship game, as long as he doesn't blow up the next game against Dallas, I want Trey Lance gone. Like the 49er fans are already clamoring for it. And it makes sense financially for the organization as well. If they are are able to be able to move off of Trey Lance for any significant draft capital, man, it is starting to get hot in the kitchen in the San Francisco 49ers organization. And if I do have some Trey Lance shares, I think I'm trying to pivot off. What about you? Yeah, it feels like. If the team keeps winning and keeps having an efficient offense, this isn't like Jimmy G. Jimmy G was with the way he restructured his contract. He was unfranchised taggable. He was, you know, a free agent, totally up to him what he wanted to do. And I know he did not want to come back to that situation with Trey Lance. Brock Purdy is under contract for the next three years. So 23, 24, 25, cheap contract. Yes, he is Mr. Irrelevant. We get it. But We've seen Tom Brady do it, and I'm not sitting here saying he's Tom Brady, but he's running this offense extremely well. If this gives the organization a reset on having a cheap quarterback for the next three years, and they can get any significant capital for a Trey Lance trade, they got to do it. As long as he's not the reason that they lose, right? Like As long as he's not out here throwing three interceptions, I don't see how they can go back to Trey Lance. I feel like they've also been given an out here where it's like, Hey, look, we may have struck gold. (laughs) If we can make it to the NFC championship or 
crazy enough if they make it to the Super Bowl, I feel like they have their opportunity to get out from underneath that Trey Lance trade, get out from under those three firsts that they traded up, and people will forget and and just move on. Yeah, I mean, I think they got to move on. And even if they don't, man, like even if they don't, we're going to have a training camp battle yes. between these two. No matter what happens from this point on, there is going to be a camp battle. And with what we're seeing, man, I don't see a reason why Brock Purdy wouldn't have the lead going into training camp. This offense has been running so well with him. This is what I fully believe Shanahan wanted for this offense in the beginning. I'm fully on the train that when they made that move to go up to the 103 in the draft, that was for Mac Jones. Mac Jones, Shanahan, and his dad made that move because they wanted Mac Jones to be their system quarterback. And then the public pressure set in, and everybody was like, oh, no, you can't put that much capital into him. The GM comes in, and he pivots to Trey Lance. And now we're here, and now we have Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy, a guy who kind of looks a little bit similar in his game to Mac Jones, and he is running this yeah. offense so damn well. I know the I know the draft capital was a lot to be invested in, but we're already two years past that, man. Two years of it, it's already dead. And so at this point, why not just roll into the season? Yeah, hell, if you roll into the season with both of them, your dead cap at quarterback is still only $21 million. <laughs> like, you're doing better than probably two-thirds of the freaking league. And you have two... What happens if Brock Purdy goes down? I mean, this offense just seems True. to have people go down left and right. Then you can roll in Trey Lance and see what you've got. It's kind of like a Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers situation that we've got going on here. So I don't see any reason that if, if they don't get significant draft capital, you can still be perfectly fine just rolling out Purdy. So in that sense, I think we're pivoting off of a little bit of our Trey Lance shares because he's still going up at like that QB 13 on keep trade cut. And if you can find some people in your league to buy him, I think you need to do that. Are you also, though, picking up the Brock Purdy shares? Yes. If I can go trade for Brock Purdy in almost any league for a singular second, I'm doing it. I've seen we've seen some deals where that's happened. It seems like a lot of Purdy owners are on to what is happening, right? Like they're they're very aware that Brock Purdy is tearing it up for the San Francisco 49ers. But uh, I think that, you know, some some people are going to be unreasonable wanting first round picks right now. And I feel like right now that is unreasonable while there is so much uncertainty. But if you can go give a second and a third or a second and a washed up quarterback, like, yeah, man, like, let me get out from underneath of, of a, an, a washed up quarterback and take that gamble on Brock Purdy. Because I do feel like, you know, talk about injuries happening. Trey Lance is a guy that seems like he's going to get hammered a lot. Like, and not drunk. Like, he's not going to get shit-faced. He's going to get hammered by fucking defensive linemen and linebackers because he's just so big. And, and yes, he's mobile, but I, I just feel like he's going to take a physical pounding. And we're going to see Brock Purdy again at some point next year, even if, if there is a battle or if Trey Lance does end up uh, the starter for whatever reason. Yeah, so let's get into a little bit of the trade situation that we actually we, – we were talking about this a lot today in the Discord. Yeah. So – we had one of one of our trades involving involving our guy Ray G. He was trying to he was trying to acquire a Brock Purdy share for a second in Zach Wilson. I don't know if we were both on at the same time. I know I was at work, not really able to talk through it. But where were you on the second in Zach Wilson for Brock Purdy trade? I am not a Zach Wilson fan. You're not. I, I never believed in him from the start. Do, will he start again? Yes, Zach Wilson will be a starting quarterback in the NFL again. Yeah. But I, I was fine with it. I feel like it's it's the safe gamble on what is Brock Purdy, and it feels like 
everything is all the momentum everything is going in his direction he's he's very efficient his his qbr i believe or his uh, qb rating is 119 which is up there with patrick mahomes down the final six games of the season like statistically he's playing very very well and yes it's within a system i understand that but he's not going anywhere he's going to stay in that system so yeah like i, I would take that gamble on brock purdy on the the opportunity that his value does increase and that he's going to be worth more than, I mean, Zach Wilson's what a second. So two seconds, two seconds. Are you doing that? Man, it's, it's rough right now because I think if you would have asked me, I don't know when you would have asked me. Cause I've been on, I was pushing us to get Purdy in the draft that we're in sure. right now. Um, and so yeah, I think did. I was, we did get him. I was yep. maybe thankfully like a week ahead of this maybe, but even two seconds, man, like it feels like the right process play. But with what you're watching on the field, I mean, he's thrown two or more touchdowns in every single game he started, I believe, so far for the 49ers. Like, yep. he's running this offense, like you said, at just such, such a high efficiency clip that I can't, I can't deny what I'm seeing on the field. So unless you're putting me up there at like 201 and 205, and then we're looking at Zach Wilson, he's a second. I don't know if he's even going to be the starter. There's already reports coming out saying that they're going to try like hell to get a top-tier veteran quarterback, if that's like a Derek Carr or somebody else. It's being floated out there at least, so I don't mind either side of it. But right now, man, I'm kind of with you that I've seen enough of Zach Wilson. I think I'd still take Purdy. Yep, I, I I felt the same. I felt like it was a good process trade as well for the other side. It was a fair deal. This wasn't like a like oh my gosh, Purdy by a mile. It was a good process play. You you basically like if you're the the Purdy side, you traded away a quarterback um, with questions, like however you want to look at that, like with questions about his future and whether or not he's actually going to be the starter for a quarterback who has questions about his future on whether he's going to be a starter and you get a second round pick. So you get a depth piece and it was, I believe it was the 201 uh, in 14 team. So it's going to be the 15th overall pick, you know, 204 ish, whatever, however you want to look at that. That's fine. I'm, I'm totally good with that. I feel like it was a good deal for both sides. Um, solid, solid trade. And I, I, you know, both managers are in different directions. So I felt like it was a, a perfect fit for both teams. Yeah, I didn't have any problem with the trade. They, like you said, fit both sides, but just a really interesting dynamic compared to what we would have been saying. I mean, if you could have seen this one coming from the beginning of the year and just pick some Purdy off of waivers, even the first week he was probably no still kidding. on some waivers because, man, like we did not see this coming from the Mr. Irrelevant out of Iowa State that did not look anything no. like this. He had some flashes maybe that we saw, but nothing like what we're seeing in the Shanahan system. And I think I think that's where a lot of the credit has to go. You know, you, you hear the argument from a lot of people of like, oh, he's, you know, he's, it's just because of the system. Well, who the fuck cares if he's playing in that system for the next three years? Right. I don't give a crap, right? He's locked up. He's locked up, and every single weapon that they have is going to be under contract at least through 2023 as well. So, man, like, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely into buying some Brock Purdy right now. Perfect. And then I want to flip it to real quick here to some Trey Lance here for the final couple minutes. Yep. What are you looking to get in a Trey Lance trade? Are you going to hold out hope that they trade him to another team where he gets the chance to start? Like, what are you, what are you thinking about when when trading away Trey Lance? So I think what I'm going to be doing, at least on the teams that I, what I think I'm going to do on the teams that I have Trey Lance right now is I'm first going to go out and I'm going to try to acquire Purdy for cheap. And if I can just throw a second out and hold both of them, that way I have whatever outcome happens. The, the worst case outcome is I have one good quarterback in a Shanahan offense. Like that's worst case scenario for paying probably like a second, maybe a second and a little bit more. 
best case scenario, one of them gets traded somewhere else and is still a good quarterback and is still the top end producer, probably, especially like if Trey Lance goes and he's still a running quarterback, he can still be a top top end producer at the quarterback position or whatever, you know, whatever system he goes to. So the, that's how I'm trying to play that situation. There is also the fact of maybe I can't get a Purdy then. Okay, well, then I don't really want to carry the risk that Trey Lance does have because he could just be straight the backup, right? And now I have no quarterbacks. And that's not the situation I want to be in, especially when I was taking Trey Lance probably at like the 201 in a lot of my startup drafts last year. So a lot of those teams are going to be looking scary coming in this year if I can't figure out that QB1 spot. So if I'm in that situation, there's a thought. That I have the first the first way I'm going is going up. You know, I'm trying to package yep. Trey Lance and Trey Lance in the first 24 first to try to get to Lamar, try to get to Trevor Lawrence, any of these guys. That's the first way you've got to go because getting up into that tier is vastly different from anything going down. The next thing I think I do is start looking at the rookies. And if I can trade Ooh. out of my Trey Lance and pick up a 102-103, I don't hate the move. It's not normally the move I like to make. I don't like to bet on rookie quarterbacks. But in this situation, man, with as scary as it is, if I can't get up, if I can't upgrade my quarterback, I think that's probably the next move I'm making. I would say in a way, like, as you say that, like Trey Lance is just a rookie, right? We've seen him play three games total in his career, I believe. And it's year three, hasn't played meaningful football in three years. You know, even his senior year, he didn't play. So. Yeah, like I, I think that rolling your rolling the dice on a, a rookie into another rookie quarterback, an actual rookie like a CJ Stroud or a Bryce Young or a Rich, whichever Will Levis, any of these guys that end up, and we'll get into those here soon. Um, any of these guys that get draft capital, yeah, you know that wouldn't be a bad idea. I, I do like the up tier first. I'm definitely going to try that. We saw it in Heisman, uh, Ty actually traded away Trey Lance a second and I think it was a fourth and ended up getting Lamar. Um, I don't know if you're gonna be able to do that everywhere, but yeah, like fire those out. Like that's the thing is when you're trading this, like don't, don't sit here and decline a trade for another owner. Try it, send it out, see where you're at. See, maybe, maybe that owner really needs depth pieces and you're like, Hey, here's a, here's a 24 first. Um, see what you can do otherwise yeah look to go down and i feel like yeah going going young might be the smart play is trying to go down into a younger guy who who will have some long-term outlook similar to a trey lance that if you do miss and he does end up getting traded and thrives at least you got an asset that still has a lot of value in a rookie 102 103 i got one last one for you before we move on to our rookie mock with trey lance you can't move up and you don't want to go to the rookies I think there's one other option that I try to pursue. And I wasn't really thinking about this one until we started talking through it yesterday. Guy in the playoffs right now has had an immaculate season under a new head coach. Looks like he's going to revitalize his career. Going to get a long-term contract stay in New York. Would you trade your Trey Lance straight up for Daniel Jones? Straight up? Straight up. I mean, sure. Yeah. I, 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 here's the thing. Yes, I would, but I don't think you have to. I think you, you can get to. a plus. I think you, you should can do be. Daniel Jones plus, right? And I feel like that would be the play because you're right, though. Like when Daniel Jones gets his contract and people think, oh, it's going to be a two year, three year deal. No, it's not. No, it's not. He's played well enough this year where he's going to get a four, maybe a five year deal. And when that happens, unless he's taking a, a Kirk Cousins three year, fully guaranteed type deal. I don't see that happening. 
he's going to be locked in and he's, he's shown enough this year that you want Daniel Jones. Like he's definitely surpassed Kirk cousins as that fringe yep. QB QB two back in QB one. Like he's put himself in the, in a, in a really good spot. So yeah, I would, I'd do that. I actually like that a lot. I'm going to go my last trail ant share. That's actually what I, I had thought about doing earlier today. Rebuilding team, still a young quarterback, Daniel Jones. And if I can get a plus on top of that, see ya. Yep, may have to send those out before this one drops tomorrow. Hopefully they don't see that one, see it coming. Yeah, I need to go do that now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's move on here. Let's get into our picks. We have gone through Super Wild Card Weekend. I had another good week putting uh, two together back to back. Man, I haven't gone, haven't gone in the negative once, and you still had a good week too, man. Like you had I one I went four and two here. this week. I, I, I you know, I did math incorrectly. I did math incorrectly, so I remathed, and uh, unfortunately, <sighs> there were three, and so you are down by a total of four now. Thirty-one to twenty-two for me on the year. Twenty-seven, twenty-six for you. You are still in the positive, though. Probably yeah. not if you're actually just betting on the minus one ten money line. But hey, positive in the hearts. You still have a chance <laughs> to come back, though. Seven games left in the season. We can pick them. And let's get into our divisional card weekend for the NFL playoffs. Starting off with the Jacksonville Jaguars and Kansas City Chiefs. We got an eight and a half spread. This one seemed a little high to me whenever I first saw it. Chiefs are at home, though. Now, I am going to pick all of these first for you. So if you want to tail me, you can. But if you want to try to pick up some ground, I can do that, too. Before you go, I just want to make sure I do put this out there. Yeah, like I am trying to catch up ground at this point. So I might just be making opposite picks <laughs> just just for the sake of having that slim chance of catching on here. But we'll see what you do, and uh, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll make my decision accordingly. All right. And this one, I'm going to start it off going with the Jacksonville Jaguars plus eight and a half. I think that's too heavy of a line, even though the Chiefs are at home. I feel like this is more might be like a touchdown game. Eight and a half just feels like a weird number to me. I think Jacksonville could keep it closer than that. If they do get down, maybe put up a score at the end of the game. I do think the Chiefs win this one. I think they might have control, but I think Jacksonville can keep it within eight and a half points. Jacksonville plus eight and a half for me. When I first looked at this matchup, that that is exactly what I wanted. I figured Jags are going to keep this close. Trevor Lawrence isn't going to throw four interceptions. This Kansas City Chiefs secondary is not that good, where I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a very good game. This should be a very close game. But for sake of being different, I am going to take the Chiefs at home. Come on, nine points. Come on, baby. Hey, let's, if anybody let's can do it, it's Oh, for sure. For sure. So let, let me take that one. I feel comfortable. I'll, I'll take it. So Chiefs giving up eight and a half. All right. Bad process. Got, we got the next game. Philadelphia Eagles, New York Giants, battle of the NFC East teams. we got three of them still in the playoffs, man. This is unlike the NFC East. Got a seven and a half point line on the guy that we were just talking about. Danny Dimes leading his New York Giants with no wide receivers against the Philadelphia Eagles with one of the best quarterbacks and two fantastic wide receivers. Seven and a half, right on the edge of that touchdown line. This is right where I put this line too. I like the Eagles, man. I know this Giants defense looked good last week against Minnesota. I think they're playing well, but I just don't think this offense is going to keep it together against a good Philadelphia Eagles team. I'm actually going to take the Philadelphia Eagles minus seven and a half here. So happy you did because this is another one where I want I wanted the dog like, and I feel like you did too. But um, it's close. 
it, it really is like this is going to be i think it might be a seven point game like in the end so right. um I'm going to take the New York football giants. I do feel like that their defense has been playing very well, a division rival. You've played each other twice already, right? So this is going to be something where you're familiar with your opponent. There's not many tricks you can pull out of your sleeve. That's going to really throw either team off. Um, It's just going to come down to some, some true NFC East football. I think it's going to be like 20 to 16 type of game. Give me the football giants to cover that spread and man, I'd love to see an upset there, but I think the they'll cover the spread here. Seven and a half, give me them Giants, baby. Got the Giants there. Moving into our Sunday games. No more Monday games for the rest of the year. No more Monday football until we get back to, I guess, that's the first Monday night game of the year, man. It's unfortunate. I like my Monday night football. Love me anyway, some Peyton and Eli. <laughs> oh, we gotta love, gotta love that show, man. They're good. Anyway, we got the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills minus five and a half in Buffalo repeat of the unfortunate game that we had earlier this season that got suspended in Buffalo again. Oh man, this is, I think this is a closer game than five and a half. I know they're probably catching a couple because they're at home, but I think this is going to be a run and gun shootout come down to probably the final couple plays, at least the final drive of the game. I'm going to hope that it's a field goal game. Give me Cincy plus the five and a half. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, this is a underdog week. And Cincinnati plus five and a half on the road, it feels like the right play. Uh, there was a stat. The Buffalo Bills are the the only team to make it with like a, I believe that they have an even turnover ratio. So they have 27 turnovers this year, What the highest in the playoffs. And Josh Allen turned the ball over a couple Josh times Allen last effect. week. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, he can he can keep him in it, bring him back from, from whatever mistakes there are made, gunslinger effect. I mean, I really, really, really like Cincinnati here, but let me get the Buffalo Bills at home. Damar Hamlin, we're gonna we're gonna feel the energy in that stadium, a rematch of everything that happened, a lot of emotion. Yep, throw up the threes. You know, I I, I truly believe that Buffalo can win this thing by by seven plus. Uh, but man, I would not be shocked at all if Cincinnati actually comes out like this is this should be a lot closer spread than five and a half. It feels so uh, I'll give up five and a half. Say could be indifferent. This this week may wipe me out, but <laughs> man, I, I, I don't feel bad either way. As you're talking about it, I just remembered Mar Hamlin has been in the facility almost every day this week, meaning he's probably going to be in the stadium yes, for the will. first time in Buffalo for the Buffalo Bills game. Oh man, that feels bad. I want to switch back, but I won't for you. I won't. I won't. I'll keep. I'll keep it on Cincy plus five and a half. But man, gotta ha- gotta love a Demar Hamlin comeback game like that. That's gonna be a wild atmosphere there in Buffalo. So so happy for all all of the situation that unfolded there. Seems like everything's getting back to good, and we will move into our last game of the divisional weekend games: Dallas Cowboys, San Francisco 49ers, where we are going to see Brock Purdy try to take down Dak Prescott and see if he can hold on to the starting job through twenty. 2023 San Francisco minus three and a half point favorite Dallas Cowboys plus three and a half would have been about an even game if the San Francisco 49ers weren't at home I think that's a little bit disrespectful give me the 49ers minus three and a half I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to Dallas themselves out of this game and they're going to lose big time yeah Dan Quinn man he, he has a, an incredible defense, rookie quarterback, enough film on the rookie. Like, this is going to be a true test of Brock Purdy, right? Well, like, this is going to be a true test 
of, of I mean, it isn't just Purdy, but it's going to be that Shanahan offense, what they can cook up um, because they're going to have to keep Micah Parsons off of off of Purdy this entire game. And that is going to be tough. But you know what? Nick Bosa is also going to be on the other side of that ball. The the San Francisco 49ers defense is incredible. I don't think the Cowboys are going to have such an easy time uh, as they have all playoffs. And I would say down the stretch this season, they, they've had a really effective and efficient offense. I think I'm going to take 49ers at home here as well. I'm going to stick with you on this one. Giving up three and a half. I just feel like that 49ers run game is going to wear down the Dallas defense. They're going to do enough to 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 put up, I'd say, 27 points. Probably, I mean, this might actually be a, a more of a blowout, so to speak, like 27-17 type of game where the 49ers just kind of take control and, and kind of really put Dallas in their place. I, I think Dallas is a good football team. I just don't think that they're ready for Brock Purdy. Oh, you can't you can't mess with the Brock. But man, Dak Prescott looked really good against that Tampa Bay he defense has. last week. So if he can keep that one going, I think this will actually be closer to this three and a half line than what we're probably thinking of. And this 49ers offense is just so good, man. It, we'll see if Micah Parsons can disrupt the rookie. I think that's going to be the true matchup of this game. If that defensive front of Dallas can get to Brock Purdy, rattle him, rattle the rookie, and make this a tough sweat him out game where he's under pressure the entire night. I think that's the way Dallas can keep this one within three and possibly pull out a win. Love it. Love it. It'll be some, some fun games this weekend for sure. Hell yeah. As always. Let's now it is time home, sleeper. They put, they put in our rookies. I feel like we haven't yes. ever gotten our rookies this early, man. This is nope. right. This is right after rookies declared. I think they were rolling them out throughout the day too. We were going through were. and seeing people that like, they weren't in. And then two rounds later, they're actually in the sleeper system. And like Cedric Tillman isn't even in for some reason. Uh, so it, I've seen some people complain about it. I was just happy to have these rookies that I can actually For put sure. up and draft with. Man, like if you want to roll them out throughout the day, go ahead. At least I can actually p- click on Bijan Robinson on Sleeper for the first time ever. It feels damn good. I feel like last year it took until like March. Yeah. Even I think it was like mid or late March. It was after the combine. And I'm just like, why don't you guys have these guys in the system yet? This isn't that hard. So, yep, keep them rolling out. They'll, they'll get things updated. Uh, super pumped to do this on Sleeper. So we will be holding a ton of these as well. Uh, but yeah, four round 2023 rookie mock with the Heisman tier of Destination Devi. Again, patreon.com forward slash all gas. And join that Heisman tier. You can you can draft with us, with Ray, with Scott, all of, of the Destination Devi content creators over there. Uh, great, great group to be a part of and, and second to none in this business. Absolutely not. It is a, it's a fantastic community over there filled with a bunch of sharp minds. Some of these picks, you know, <laughs> some of these picks were early in the process. Some of these are going to be a little bit questionable to us, and some of them are going to be questionable that we agree with compared to the rest of the community. Because these mocks vary wildly from community to community right now. Like if you were tapped into, you know, like a, I don't even know what, what are some of these other ones. I've been, too tapped, in, out. I've been too tapped into DD lately, man. I yeah. don't even watch some of these. Like I, it's been hard to even get outside of our content because there's so much of it. But after this, let's get into our first round of the 2023 first rookie draft on Sleeper. And man, there's no other way to start it, is there? Like, it's got to be Bijan Robinson. 100%. I, I don't think it's any question. Bijan Robinson all the way. Uh, we've watched some film on him. I mean, I've I stopped after a couple of games. Like, there's just no. There's it's a waste of time. He is the 101. 
you might be able to make some arguments down the stretch here. We'll we'll see as draft capital rolls in. But right now, today, there is zero reason to put anybody ahead of Bijan Robinson, in my opinion. No, there's no reason to watch Bijan Robinson film. The only reason that you actually do watch Bijan Robinson is if your girlfriend's talking to you and she's like, "Hey, do you want to go out? Do you want to go to like the museum and go see some local art or something?" You just say, "No, baby, we're just going to sit home and watch some art today." Put on Bijan Robinson film because that shit right there is fucking art. Watching <laughs> Bijan run through holes, he like I will always say, he looks like he is running down a ski slope whenever he runs through the line. He just has such a quick plant foot burst to acceleration. Ben is unbelievable. He's great out of the backfield as well. Unfortunately, he's at Texas because of that thing right back there. And I have to hate him a little bit for it, but I, I can't even hate him enough to get him outside of the 101. It's just not doable, man. The, the guy is fantastic. Yeah, he, he really is. So we'll just kind of brush past him for right now. We'll, as again, as draft capital and things like that come into play, we'll start reassessing. But right now, there is absolutely no reason to take anybody above Bichon. So the 102. We have our first quarterback. We have CJ Stroud, who came off the board, a quarterback from Ohio State. I don't have any issue with it. Uh, he looked insanely good against Georgia. I know people are going to bring up the Ohio State quarterback issues of, oh, is he a system guy? Can you know? Will he actually be able to, to replicate this at the next level? I don't really have many questions about him. We saw mobility out of him. It's not like he's an immobile quarterback. Um, he's not necessarily someone that's going to be a plus on the ground. Like he's not a Josh Allen. He's not a Daniel Jones. He's not going to be running for 900 yards, right? So I'm good with it. I, I think it's going to be, again, when it comes down to the quarterbacks for me, and I'll say it 18 million times between now and the actual draft season when we start drafting, it's going to come down to draft capital. It's going to come down to draft capital for me when it comes to these quarterbacks. It is draft capital, man. And if basically for that reason, I'm, I still have Bryce Young at my 101, uh, 102 in our rookie mocks, 101 in NFL mocks, uh, because that's what I see most of the time. I know we're, we're not fully going off of that. I think Bryce Young can make some better throws. Obviously, the science concerns are the only thing that I think could push up C.J. Stroud above Bryce Young at the end of the day. We'll see what he tests at and everything like that. But still don't have any problem with C.J. Stroud here at the 102. Love it. Now, we, we do have our first, uh, I don't want to say question mark, but a little bit of a surprise for, for a lot of the drafts we've done. This feels a little early, but we have Jameer Gibbs at the 103. Super talented running back. I don't think there's any... I was about to say there's no question that he's the <laughs> running back two in the class, but uh, we'll Cody, Cody has recently had a, a you know watched some film and, and has fallen in love with someone. So we'll dive into that in a little bit here. But for me, I think Jameer Gibbs is is the unquestioned 102. His receiving his receiving prowess is, is unquestioned. Um, I, I he, he's an insanely good runner. I do want to find out what he weighs in at, but he seems like he's going to be right around that 200 pounds mark. Uh, what do you think about Jameer Gibbs? this early and what do you think about jameer gibbs in general this early man i am i am on the mindset that whatever quarterback gets taken probably within the top 15 picks and from what it's sounding like right now and a lot of the mocks we're seeing it seems like all of them could be top 15 picks i can't have anybody above the quarterbacks besides Bijan. if they if they are top half first round picks at the quarterback position the the scarcity of the position is going to drive these quarterbacks up for me to where I can't take any positional place player over them. So while I do think Jameer Gibbs is a fantastic player, obviously I've had some I've had some questions come into whether he belongs that two spot. 
which is probably a little bit, it's a little bit of an overreaction to me watching some film, but he is by far the best receiver <laughs> receiving running back in the class. There is no question about that. He could be, he could legitimately be like a true slot receiver probably if he wanted to, and he can run between the tackles fairly efficiently. I don't want to call him an elite runner in between the tackles. I think he still has some work to do there, but by, by far, hands down, the best receiving back that we see in this class. But still a little bit too early here at the 103 for me. Yeah, too early at the 103. I'm with you. Same thing. I, I want to see the draft capital of these quarterbacks. And right now, it's too too much for me to take Gibbs this early. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's going to be an incredible pass catcher at the next level. If used correctly, he's awesome in open space. If they're able to get the ball in his hands out there, yeah, he, he's going to be used as a pass catching weapon, as Ray likes to say. So, um, Love the player. I do think that he would go immediately after the quarterbacks. In this case, we have him a little bit early. I did reach out to Dynasty Logic just to kind of say, hey, just curious what your thought process is. Maybe he's down on the quarterbacks. Didn't hear back, uh, but would love to, to pick his brain just to kind of see. Maybe he's seen something on these quarterbacks that that we haven't. Um, but yeah, so to, to kind of get things into the fourth pick here, we have Bryce Young. You mentioned him earlier being up there kind of neck and neck with C.J. Stroud. I, I think I'm just going to go the next three picks. Be, you know, we yep, have Bryce Young. Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. You took Will Levis at the 106 since he fell to you. I mean, it feels pretty standard to me at this point. You say it feels standard, but man, if you look around at some other box drafts, it ain't standard. Right. Um, I would like to point out, you know, this is a super flex mock. Obviously, we're not taking these guys up here at one quarterback. I think all the content on this channel will probably be super flex. We're Maybe we throw in one quarterback. I don't know. One time we might do it just for just just for remove the quarterbacks. How's that sound? You just you just shift them <laughs> backwards though. If you're in one quarterback, you just shift them backwards to whatever point you don't feel really comfortable about the position player. But yeah, it's it's like I said earlier with superflex and the scarcity of the position. I don't truly like Will Levis as a true NFL prospect. However. From what I've seen in the rookie mocks that we are seeing come out from all of these guys at like TDN and CBS and NBC, like all of these guys are putting Will Levis. I mean, there's some people that are putting Will Levis up at the 101 in some mocks. So yep. to to discount him just because of what I've personally seen on the field, I'm not going to call myself a QB talent evaluator. And even if I was, I can't deny that draft capital. So I'm perfectly fine throwing all of these four quarterbacks up into this range. I think they should go as we currently stand 102 through 105. And then if you want to put Jameer Gibbs there at the 106, I think that is the way I'd play out all of these for the first six yep. picks. I will say one thing, you know, we we've always talked about CJ Stroud and Bryce Young kind of separating themselves from a rich and Will Levis. Will Levis had turf toe or a broken toe throughout the entire season. His mobility was limited. His weapons were limited. He had one of the worst offensive lines in football. Anthony Richardson is one of the most prolific runners of the football that we have seen in college ever. He doesn't run like Cam Newton. He, he It's like he runs like Lamar, but he's the size of Cam Newton. It's, it's just freakish. And I know people are going to say, oh, he can't eat 46% completion percentage. And Will Levis looked terrible his senior year. Like, I can't believe you guys would have him this high. If these guys get draft capital and NFL teams put them on the field, because if they get drafted in the top 15, they will be on the football field. They will get their opportunity. They will be worth more than one first. They will be worth multiple first. And if they can end up being a Josh Allen, a Jalen Hurts, like all guys that we have shit on in the past daniel jones like it takes time to develop right but they have the tools and traits to become something special unlike a lot of pocket passers 
So I will say it is an upside play with those guys and the, the opportunity that they develop if they get draft capital. <laughs> yeah, gotta have gotta have it. But you know, it's it's from the mocks that we've seen right now. Yeah. All of the mocks that I've seen have had these guys in the first round. Now, if that changes, we adapt, we stay liquid, we move stay on liquid. and stay liquid with it. No, but uh, we, we move them back. You know, they can drop behind maybe some of these wide receivers behind Gibbs. I, I could be, definitely be okay with that from community consensus. But right now, just just can't do it with the scarcity of the position at the upside these guys do hold. Love it. So let's uh, let's jump into the next three picks here since we had a run on wide receivers. At this point here, we've got the first two running backs off the board, the, the core quarterbacks off the board. We do have JSN from Ohio State. Then we have ourselves some Jordan Addison and Quentin Johnston from TCU. Three very good players, three very different players. I feel like this is about the right spot for, for these three guys. Do you have any issue with the order? Uh, do you like QJ over others? How do you feel about this part? QJ, I've never been in on, man. I know the size is there, but I, I've had I've had issues with him and his disappearing acts all the way throughout this entire year whenever he did fully come onto the scene. Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jordan Addison. I'm going to have to go back. I haven't went back because I remember watching the <laughs> – I remember watching tape of Olave and Garrett Wilson at Ohio State and just – while I'm watching their game film, just being like, holy crap, JSN is so good. Like, while I'm trying to watch somebody else, and I can't even deny how good JSN was on the field at the time. And I was so hyped for him now, but we haven't seen him play this year. And because of it, he's dropped a little bit in some of these rankings, some of these mocks that we see around the industry. Jordan Addison, though, I mean, he's he's damn good as well. I don't have much of an issue. I, I still personally have Quentin Johnston behind, but... JSN and Jordan Addison, I can go either way with those two at this moment, but I haven't gone back and watched that 2022 J or 2021 JSN film. And I think when I do, I'm going to have it like you did here and pick JSN first. Yeah, I I, I did take the pick of, of JSN over the other wide receiver, so he was my choice there. 95 catches, 1,600 yards as a sophomore with Olave and Garrett Wilson on the field. And I know you can be like, oh, well, coverage was shaded. Was it like, let's, you know, we really need to look at that. We talked about the same type of scenario with, with Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson at LSU. The dude can play. Uh, there's, there's zero doubts about that. Did take kind of a year off. Uh, Marvin Harrison broke out this year. So, you know, people forgot about JSN and I feel like that's a bad move and he's not going to be a burner. He's not going to be some, some four, four guy, but, it will be interesting to see what he tests, if he tests. But I feel like he's done enough that NFL teams are still going to be super excited about him, taking him in the first round easily. And I feel like he's going to be able to do a lot of the things that he did at Ohio State at the next level. Jordan Addison's an easy number two for me as well. Uh, obviously saw him win the, the Blitnikoff Award uh, at Pitt, transferred to USC, looked really good at times. Uh, he did get banged up throughout the year. QJ just disappears man like there's games that he just puts up monster freaking numbers has that size that freak athletic ability that people are going to lose their mind over i'm not gonna sit here and say i'm out on him the tcu bias rubs me a little bit of a, a little bit wrong but yeah i feel like this is I, i'm perfectly fine with this order right here in my opinion yeah, no, I think this has been pretty standard from what we've seen, at least in our community, from the 101 to the 109, is quarterbacks, 
two running backs and the three wide receivers being there. Had Boutte in there before, you know, he's had his question marks, then declared, then redeclared, and he's being outplayed by Malik Neighbors. Um, there's mocks that we've seen where he's not even in like the top three rounds. It's not looking good for Kayshawn Boutte, but we'll see what the ending draft capital ends up being. But we do see him come off the board here pretty soon. To round out the first round, though, before we get into that one, we do have Devon A-Chain, Jalen Hyatt, and Zach Charbonnet. This is where I said it at the beginning. I was watching some Zach Charbonnet film. We just got out of watching it again. Man, man, do I love some Zach Charbonnet. I'm 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 talking this while I have this right over my back. I should be I should be screaming the high heavens of Devon A. Chain's elite <laughs> speed where he runs a 10.12 because he's a track athlete that's also a NFL caliber running back. I should be screaming that. And I can't even do it. I, I am disrespecting. My, the ring on my hand and the school that I love, but I don't care because I will do that for Zach Charbonnet. That is how much I love his film right now. He runs like a bowling ball with agi with agile feet. It's insane what that guy does. He, I, I love the way he runs, man. Yeah, I figured you get excited. I mean, this whole back half of the draft here is is all you. I mean, Devon A. Chain, obviously an absolute burner. Um, I, I mean, I just wish he wasn't 180 pounds. Like, I want to see him weigh in, see what yeah. he actually comes in at. I, for me personally, Devon A. Chain is going to depend on a little bit of landing spot slash draft capital. I feel like a team has to use him correctly. Um, he can, and he's fully capable of being a very good runner between the tackles. However, because of his size, you don't want him doing that 10, 15, 20 times a game. Like, you know, give me, <laughs> give me 10 rushes. Give me that, you know, Eckler treatment where he's getting 10 carries maybe. And then a bunch of passing work, just get him, get him the ball in space and let's just let Devon A. Chain do work. That's kind of what I want to see out of him. Um, you know, he, he played extremely well this year. I think he had over a thousand yards, 1100 yards this year um, on the ground. And he had what a hundred and let's see if I can find his receiving real quick. Yeah, his receiving yards, he had uh, 200, so he had 36 catches for 200 yards. So he's absolutely a pass catcher. Yep. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm looking forward to to seeing really what he weighs in at. But, man, even if he does gain 10, 15 pounds and he can come in at 195, if he loses a step, he's so fucking worth fast. it. Well so worth fast. It. Yeah, so uh, really excited to see what he can do. Uh, another burner, Jalen Hyatt. Uh, you know, just want to touch briefly on him. He He stepped up this year. Absolute burner. Him and Hendon Hooker had had quite the connection. I know Cedric Tillman, Tillman went down, uh, so those two were a great one-two combo in Tennessee. And we'll see what Hyatt is, what his draft capital is. I don't know that I really want to take him this high. I definitely I like him. Don't yeah. love him. I, I still have concerns with guys like him that I think – they comp to be more just like vertical deep threats in the NFL. And it's just like, what are the, what is their usage if they can't figure out how to work underneath, but can't deny the fact that, I mean, he, his sophomore to senior year or sophomore to junior jump 226 yards of a sophomore year compared to 1267, over a thousand yard jump getting into his junior year. Whenever Cedric Tillman did go down with the injury. Uh, I mean, he, he, he balled out. So we've yeah. seen him mocked in the first round and the NFL loves speed. And that is Jalen Hyatt. And then to your guy, Charbonnet, before we move to the second round here, obviously he by PFF, he was top five. He's the only running back that was top five in rushing grade and top five in receiving grade as a running back in this class. So um, that's important. That's huge. He has the ability. I think he had 37 catches this year, 195 rushing attempts for 14 or 1350 on the ground. Dude's good. 
Like, dude is very, very good. Um, we'll see what capital he gets, where he ends up going with uh, with this. You know, Ray talked about it tonight. Like, reminds him of a little bit of Damian Pierce, you know, Javante Williams esqueness to him. Uh, so yeah, that's exciting because we know what those two can do in the or have done in the NFL. So. I've done enough gushing over Zach Charbonnet. <laughs> I, I'm probably going to end up making like an hour long video at some point about how much I love Zach Charbonnet. Just put put together like a video reel of him just making people look silly and just lowering his shoulder and running over people. It, it's how I love to watch a running back operate. As much as I love Devon A. Chain, I love a guy that will just put his head down, put it into your sternum, and drive you forward for five yards in a cloud of dust. Like I love that style. And he can move around a little bit more too. And he can receive. <laughs> enough about Zach Charbonnet. Let's get into our second round. This is where we see Keishon Butte slip a little bit in a lot of mocks that we've seen going at the 2-1. Josh Downs, the next two wide receivers off the board. Anything stand out to you between these two guys? I mean, Keishon Butte could be a lottery ticket or he could be an absolute bust. And and it's just yep. I, lots of mystery around him. I feel like he's going to be a steal. I feel like if he ends up in a good situation, he can mentally get back into football, focus on the game, scratch all the off-field sex party stuff that's going on it sounds like nothing inappropriate happened he just went to a sex party is what it sounds like you know that i'm gonna leave that to to everyone else to figure out but <laughs> um yeah i mean he was wide receiver one in this class and i know new coaching staff new new offensive system he seemed very checked out throughout the year i mean there were times that he wasn't even looking for the ball coming his way half-ass running his routes very 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 questionable behavior on the field which makes you wonder uh but the talent is there and he's going to test very very well and he, you know i think he had 48 catches yeah 48 catches 530 yards this year not super prolific numbers um and then in his six games as in 2021 he had 38 catches 509 yards nine touchdowns that year <clears throat> i just don't know what to make of him he had a, he had one game his his sophomore year um where i believe he had what was it 200 300 yards in one game and you're just like holy crap like that's incredible so again consistency issues i don't know I, he, he's a big question mark for me but a guy that in the second round that could have the upside as being potentially wide receiver one in the class like man it's exciting i think that's exciting i feel like it's exciting i feel like you're getting a steal you could, or you like you said, you could be getting that, or you're getting a bust. Like it's probably there's probably not going to be that much of a range of outcomes. Like it's going to be one extreme or the other. I feel like yeah. with Keishon Butte, and there's just other guys around here that I'd rather take. I'd rather take the running backs. I'd rather take. To be honest, I think I'd rather take Downs, guy out of UNC, combining with Drake May. He had some injury bugs throughout this year, but yep. whenever he was on the field, that absolutely he was Drake May's favorite guy, and they were putting up insane numbers together whenever they were on the field. So. Yep, Josh thousand Downs yards. Guy I really like thousand yards back to back seasons. Uh, ninety four catches this year, hundred catches last year. Like <laughs> you get that dude the ball. Like he, he's he's going to be a target monster. So uh, we'll see what he can be in the NFL. What kind of draft capital? I, I think I've seen late first, early second type stuff for Josh Downs. Uh, seems like he's going to profile as a wide receiver too for me. I think know. so. Yeah, but a good player, good player nonetheless, one that you want on your fantasy rosters. So yep. let's dive into two other running backs here. Uh Kendra Miller, who came on his senior year or his his junior year, I believe is what it was. And then Sean Tucker, a guy that I loved coming into the year. I was drooling over Sean Tucker. 
Uh, but let's let's dive into to Kendra real quick here before I talk about Tucker. What do you like about Kendra? Yeah, Tucker, I haven't gotten to yet. He's probably the next one that I got a really deep dive into, like watching 10 games of film for him. Um, Kendra, I have watched, though. Honestly, I watched Kendra and I watched Charbonnet back to back. And Kendra feels like Charbonnet light to me. <laughs> He's like a he's he's the smaller framed version of Charbonnet that can move a little bit quicker, but still runs with the same like hard headedness that I love. He's able to have he has some damn good vision. He's able to make some insane cuts. He stays up. I know we were talking about it a little bit before. TCU's O line just wrecked people through the Big Twelve. That's why they were able to win that one, get to the uh, college championship, and then get wrecked by an actually good defensive line more than likely. And they didn't have Kendra Miller in that game, but I, I like Kendra Miller's game. He's a serviceable running back out of the backfield. And like I said, Zach Charbonnet light, I'm going to have him behind Charbonnet as for right now, but still really like the game of Kendra Miller. Yeah. I feel like they're back to back for me. I, I think they're very, very similar uh, in profile. Uh, both, both very, in, he has incredibly good contact balance. You see it several times where he's just kind of just mauling through people, breaking through arm tackles. If you put an arm out, he's absolutely running through it. I don't know what his top-end speed is, but he has good burst. He, he finds a, a hole and goes. He, he has a nice one-cut uh, ability, but he gets north-south. Like That's what he does. He, he, he was not going to be sideline to sideline trying to, to outflank the defense, Like and that's what NFL teams are going to love. So I do think that he's going to be a very good NFL back. Sean Tucker, I loved coming into this season. And, and right now, to tell you how he feels to me, feels very Chuba Hubbardish. Not only in how he plays, but but in in like you know his his sophomore season or his redshirt freshman season, he had 1,400, 1,500 yards, fourteen ninety six, and everyone had these high hopes for him coming back to the ACC. Had just over a thousand yards on two hundred attempts. Kind of took a step back. The Syracuse offensive line definitely caused some problems for him where they were, he was getting hit in the backfield constantly. But he, he doesn't have a lot of wiggle to him. And very Chuba Hubbard-esque. Like when he gets going, he can move. But you got to get him in space. There, I don't know like what he's going to be in the NFL. I'm going to let the NFL tell me by what his draft capital is but people are concerned that he's going to be like a third round, fourth round type running back. And uh, unfortunately for my love for, for Zach, uh, for Sean Tucker coming into the year, doesn't, doesn't help out too much here. So. Yep. You've also got the helmet scouting with him being out of Syracuse. Hasn't yeah. put a good running back into the NFL since Jim Brown. Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm excited to watch Tucker, see what I come away with, but I'm going to lean with you and what we've seen from the draft capital and mocks that we've seen he's been falling i know he was a debbie darling so a lot of people are going to have him up in the first round say why do you have him down here we're going with what we know and what we've seen on the field so after that we do have rasheed rice michael mayer and say flowers michael mayer man you sniped me on this one um <laughs> I, I even told you as soon as you looked at the board as soon as i looked at the board here i was like oh no there's no way he's let michael mayer slip to me and unfortunately yeah michael mayer is Absolutely tight in one of this class. Like there's no reason. There's, there's no chance that anybody else yeah. does anything else. I mean, he was an absolute monster at Notre Dame. Led them in like every, every single receiving stat. He led Notre Dame. He was the entirety of Notre Dame's offense in the passing attack. And he's a good blocker. <laughs> he has yes. he has both. He will be a plug and play tight end in the NFL day one. He's going to be a first round pick. He's probably going to be a top twenty pick in the NFL draft. 
Michael Mayer, he should have gone higher than this. Uh, we didn't have any specification as to whether this was a 1.5 tight end premium or anything like that, and he still should have been higher than this. I don't care if this is non-tight end premium. I'd probably have him closer to um, probably like right behind Kendra or right right before Downs and Butte. Uh, but Michael yeah. Mayer is a fantastic tight end. I feel like you could put him anywhere in that 201, anywhere in the early second range. I mean, I feel like this would be the fall. If you can get him here at the 206, like you, you got to be pumped. Uh, Rasheed Rice, big, big wide receiver out of SMU, six foot three. Uh, I mean, I think he had like 94 catches, 1400 yards this year, 10 touchdowns, like just gaudy stats. Yes, it's SMU, but uh, looks the looks like he he belongs in the NFL. So really excited to see what the NFL sees about him. Zay Flowers, a lot of people are excited. I like Zay Flowers. I want to watch more of him. These wide receivers we haven't dove d- too deep into yet. For the record, uh, but Zay Flowers, uh, there's just some, I don't know, there's like a burst, quick twitch about him that just seems like even though he's a smaller wide receiver, will fit really well in the NFL. Uh, so we'll kind of see what Zay Flowers, uh, you know, ends up doing and, and what we think once we actually watch film on this wide receiver class. Um, anything you want to touch on? Or you want to kind of get into this running back run? No, the only thing that I've kind of heard about Zay Flowers is he might comp a little bit more to like a Rondell Moore type, and that's not the type that I really like whenever I'm scouting wide receivers. Uh, he's coming in at 5'10", 177, at least on uh, sports reference, college football. But he did put up over 1,000 yards this season, 12 touchdowns. I mean, you can't deny the talent. Is that a Boston College? So, like, how much talent is he playing against? But we've seen him be mocked in probably second round of most of the things I've seen. So, yeah, you got to throw him up here at least, I think. Uh, then after this one, we got. Do you have anything else on Zay Flowers? I just want to say one thing on Zay Flowers, and and this is something I've heard secondhand, and and I and I see it a little bit once you hear once you hear it and you watch his film, that some people in the draft world say that Zay Flowers reminds them a little bit of Antonio Brown. I'm not going to sit here and say he's Antonio Brown, but um, I want to see it for myself. But that's kind of been some of the excitement, high end comp of Zay Flowers, and if that's the case. This case, yeah, we'll we'll see. Not, what not I a head case, so. yeah, not, not not that part of Antonio Brown. Anyway, let's get into this next little group of running backs that we see come off the board here. Tanks Tank Bigsby out of Auburn, Zach Evans out of Old Miss, Israel Bonaconda out of Pitt, and Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State. Any of these guys stand out to you? I know what a lot of people will say as soon as they look at this is Zach Evans deserves to be in the first round, and I can tell you right now he does not. He is nope. bad. Like he's legitimately bad. He's a big, big running back. He's he just seems like he's going to be an NFL plotter, in my opinion. Uh, we'll see. I, I you know I I, I want to watch him back to back. Like so, I like to watch film of of players and put them back to back with other players in that tier. And I want to watch him back to back with like with Abaconda, uh, with Tank. And from what I've seen though, when I watch Zach Evans with 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 Kendra, all the top tier guys. He's not even close. Not so even I'm, close. He has no wiggle to him, man. He can't break tackle. Like nope. the amount of just arm tackles. He, I, I was asking in our Discord what was his yards after contact last night because after watching him, like he never breaks a tackle. He has a lot. I will give him that. He has a lot of ten plus yard touch or ten plus yard rushes. I think he's in like the top five. Yep. However, every one of those that I saw, at least from his 2022 season. It's because he's not touched for the first 10 yards and he just runs for like 15. I don't think that's going to happen at the next level. We've also heard, I believe there's some 
like personality concerns with Zach Evans as well. There's some stuff that's been coming out. Why did he transfer from TCU? I believe it was to go to Ole Miss. Then even when he got to Ole Miss, I think there were some concerns. I'm not going to buy into that. Yeah. But I just I didn't like watching him as a runner, man. Um, Tank Bigsby, I haven't gotten into yet. Israel Bonacana, though, I think he's just going to be a grinder, man. Um, liked what the, what the little bit I've seen out of a Bonacana. What do you got yeah. between? guys because i think the last one here does stand out from the rest of the three yeah like i, I feel like tank bigsby like he, the fall from graces he was up there like like with Bijan. yeah like he was up there with in the in the breaths of Bijan and and gibbs and like people were taking tank over him and i i think people had even said that they might take tank over uh mm-hmm. Bijan robinson and that is not the case anymore i mean he didn't have an awful season I do want to watch Tank. I still have to watch Tank as well. But, I mean, he he had 180 attempts, 970 yards, five, you know, averaging 5.5 or 5.4 a clip. Uh, he did have 30 receptions, so he is useful in the passing game. So I do want to see, you know, statistically it sounds okay, uh, but I want right. to see what is actually going on there. And then Deuce Vaughn, man, he's just little. I just wish he wasn't the only little. thing, man. Like that is the only thing. Like if you have size concerns <sighs> with Devon A chain, you can't even like compare that to the size concerns we have with Deuce Vaughn. Um, I've watched a lot of K State. Uh, it's actually where my sister goes. So watch a lot of K State football. I love Deuce Vaughn is one of the best college running backs. Like if you were actually to put these guys on a board and just grade them on how good they are in college, Deuce Vaughn would be number two for me. Like he's better than Gibbs by by far. He just he is right behind running college, college running back. Just a, a college running back. He is better than Bijan Robinson. Yeah. The issue is we just have not seen this size translate to the NFL, and that is the only thing. I mean, my sister is small. I'm small. My sister is like five four. She has a picture standing next to Deuce Vaughn, and he looks marginally taller than her. Like it's it's scary, man. Like if you, there are true legitimate size concerns with Deuce Vaughn, but he's so so good. I hope that he can find a role in the NFL. But until we see landing spots, see how he might be used, I don't even know if I can take him in the second. Man, it's just scary. Yeah, we'll we'll wrap this up here. I mean, I'm with you on that. I feel like back at the second with Deuce Vaughn, landing spots gonna be big. But Rakim Rakim Jarrett, Rakim Jarrett, uh, wide receiver out of Maryland. He was a five-star prospect coming into to Maryland. Um, he did have some ups and downs. He he's a freaking burner. And it, talking to uh, uh, Matt Bruning of C two C, said that he's probably going to be the fastest wide receiver in this class, which is saying something. Josh Downs is very fast, so definitely saying something um he hasn't had like put together a full complete season like this year he only had 40 catches 470 yards 62 and 890 or 820 last year it's just very up and down feel to him uh but hey at the back of the second if you're going to take your if if this is where you want to take your boom bust guy like i don't want to take my shot at the end of the first round on jalen hyatt give me my shot on on a boom bust prospect or player in rakeem jarrett where yeah, he might put up zero some games, but in best ball, hey, every once in a while, he's going to catch me three catches for 80 yards and a touchdown or two. Like, give me that. Like, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with him at the end of the second here. All right, yeah. Let's start running through this third round, fourth round. We did promise a four-round mock. We did go through a full four rounds here, but we're already at the hour mark, man. We're diving into these players a little bit too much. I'll just they, pull they, it all up. 
yeah, just pull it all. It's it's exciting, man. We're finally able to talk about these rookies. Absolutely. Um, we got our first four rounds in the beginning of the third round. Ro- Roshan Johnson out of Texas, uh, Brown, and then Spears and McBride. Anything stand out to you between those running backs? Roshan Johnson. Want to watch some uh, some some film on him? A lot of people at uh, you know that that we hear things from Ray. Obviously, so it's all secondhand. But you know he he knows a lot of people that are very tapped in that people in the NFL world are really excited about Roshan Johnson being potentially like a top five back in this class. So we'll see draft capital. I want to watch film myself, kind of see what, what I see, you know, uh, when it comes to him, chase Brown seems like he's just given the ball and he goes to work. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I feel like the big thing for me, the, the big takeaway and I'll, I'll let you go here, but lots of depth, like, quality players not necessarily superstars but quality players that you're going to be getting into the third round uh mix it up however you want there's some good talent into the early third yeah i mean the the running back depth here man we have four four running backs in the first we have six running backs in the second and then we start off the third with four guys i'm perfectly fine with taking here i think that's where my final cutoff is it's probably like that tajay spears Wayne mcbride that's yep. probably where i'm ending being excited a little bit of excitement about these running backs but man that is four six and four we've got 14 running backs that i'm perfectly fine with taking this draft that is insane running back depth that we're going to get from this class the wide receiver depth is a little bit more shaky to me we followed those four running backs up with marvin mims out of oklahoma and then xavier xavier hutchinson out of iowa state he was my guy that i took here in the third I mean, you can't deny the numbers that he put up this year, 107 receptions for 1,100 yards. (laughs) You don't hear over 100 receptions in college very much. And whenever you're playing in an Iowa State offense, you definitely don't hear it. So Xavier Hutchinson, I haven't dove into like game film or anything on him, but just from a true statistical standpoint, he stands out and stands off the paper for this offense. Um, I'll let you take the second half of this round unless you got anything else to talk about with these guys. Nope, that's pretty much it. You know, Xavier Hutchinson, uh, great season. And with the quarterback play and, and just that team in general, you know, incredible season. I took Kenny McIntosh here uh, at the, the 307. And it was just purely because it was a pass catching running back. I was like, yeah, let me, I haven't taken a running back at this point in the draft. Let me see if I can get a pass catcher, take a, take a dart on a, on a running back here. Uh, we have Reed, wide receiver out of uh, Michigan State. And we got ourselves darnell washington another first round nfl projected tight end uh he's an incredibly good blocker so we'll see what actually you know where he goes but hey good tight end uh evan hole running back out of northwestern solid guy you know he's just a he's a guy he's he's gonna be a body in the nfl um pj washington fall from grace is there he was going in like the early second of a lot of these mocks um, I think I've seen him in the late first at some point, but he got outshined by his teammate Tinsley uh, throughout the year from from what I watched and wasn't overly impressed. But hey, he could end up being a steal. Mo Ibrahim, absolute monster. I think he what he tore his Achilles, came back. Tore his Achilles and came back and performed. Man, and performed I love me well. I love me some Mo Ibrahim. If you if I can pick up Mo Ibrahim in the fourth, that is always my pick. Outside yep. of the guy that I picked, I still have Mo Ibrahim over him. But Mo Ibrahim in the fourth, I I love some Mo Ibrahim. Anyone you want to touch on here, I'll run run through this first half of the, of the fourth. Um, no, Parker Washington was the only one. I, I did actually like Parker Washington. Oh, I watched a little sorry. bit, watched a little bit of him. Um, 
man, you just can't be outperformed like that in a Penn State offense by by Tinsley. Um, unfortunate what's happened there. Maybe he turns it around in the NFL. Don't really think so. All these guys are just kind of darts at this point, man. Let, yep. Let's take it in the fourth. Yep, uh, Hinden Hooker, uh, you're, you're darling this year. Unfortunately, he tore his ACL. We'll see what he can do in the NFL, but sounds like he's having a fall from graces in the NFL world. Uh, Tucker Craft, the tight end out of South Dakota State. Another South Dakota State guy. Sounds like he's a very prolific tight end. We'll get into tight ends later. Dalton Kincaid out of Utah, another solid tight end. Those are the four for me, is, is Mayer, Darnell Washington, uh, Dalton Kincaid, and Tucker Craft. Really like those guys as well. Uh, we have Chris Rodriguez running back out of Kentucky. Cedric Tillman, he should not be in the fourth round. Uh, he, it was because he wasn't in the system. Yep. Yeah, I think he, you know he just slipped down the board. I think he will be in the system again for the next draft, but that is that is why he fell. And then I took my guy, my homer pick. I took Trey Palmer, uh, wide receiver out of Nebraska, and he broke Nebraska receiving records. He he. I think it was over a thousand yards. Yeah. 1,028 yards. So he broke the Nebraska receiving record. Um, he was at LSU five-star prosper, high four-star prospect. So he was there, you know, with, uh, uh, with, with Jamar, with, uh, Justin Jefferson, Terrace Marshall. So he was there with all of those guys. He had a very good, you know, sophomore season when he, I think he had like 40 catches, 500 yards at LSU third on the team. Uh, before he did transfer, and then he came to Nebraska and tore it up. I, I know people laugh at me, but man, I, I have a lot of belief in in Trey Palmer. I, I've watched enough of his game to to know that he's going to be a good NFL wide receiver. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to be Justin Jefferson, like I want to say, but he's going to be a very good NFL wide receiver. All right, and I'll round us out with this one, starting at the 4-7 here, I guess. Uh, A.T. Perry also wasn't in the system. That makes my heart ache because A.T. Perry has been a little bit of my my other – if Mo Hebrahim's gone, I take A.T. Perry in the fourth. Like, those are the only two players I basically take in the fourth round in our mocks that we've done throughout this yes, uh, season. A.T. Perry was a guy that I found um, – Found him last year just because of his statistical standouts. He so a guy out of Wake Forest. He's six five two ten as a wide receiver. I mean, just an athletic monster. And in his sophomore year, his redshirt sophomore year, he put up seventy one catches for thirteen hundred yards and fifteen touchdowns. So an absolute dominant season. And then he follows it up. Comes back for his senior year. I thought he was actually possibly going to declare last year comes back for his senior year puts up 81 catches for 1100 yards and 11 touchdowns i don't know how he is i've, I've watched uh, i've watched some games of him it, nothing actually stood out to me about at perry but whenever me a stats guy looks at those numbers i can't deny what i'm seeing on the field from this guy the the numbers that he's putting out uh, I'm going to love diving into a lot more tape on A.T. Perry. Unfortunately, I can't watch every single game on Saturdays during the year, but whenever we get to wide receivers, he will be one of my first ones that I put on because I've been an A.T. Perry darling just from a statistical standpoint for a long time. Yes, um, you have. Nothing else really to talk about there, though. I think the last one, we'll round out this one and come back to the interesting pick that I think that we can talk about here. We have Luke Musgrave, tight end out of, I even forget where we looked at Oregon State. Oregon State, there <laughs> it is. He has like 10 catches. I don't know who he is, honestly, but we'll see if he comes up in the process and see if he tests well. Uh, people were saying that he could plug into a tight end, a backup tight end to role in the NFL. 
Uh, we have Gray Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati. Apparently, he's just a burner. Another name that just came up is it Nathan Dell. I believe it. Yeah, uh, Nate Dell or Nathaniel Nate Dell. Dell. Yeah. Yep. Um, I watched the bowl game uh, that he was in, and I, I, oh, I freaking forgot what it was, but uh, he just looks a little undersized. I can't, I can't quite put put my finger on on what really was going on. It seems like he's solid. He's Houston Cougars uh, wide receiver, but uh, I don't know. It, it was really tough. He had 109 catches this year, and I think like 1,400 yards, 17 touchdowns, like really good stats. But yeah, like yeah, he's 165. Is what they what they say his weight is five ten one sixty five. He did look bigger than that, but still. <laughs> so I guess does BMI matter? So he's going to be drafted in the second round by the Rams, and he's two two at well. That's what I'm hearing. Hey, I mean, you never know. But he he put up some gaudy numbers, and I'd love to see what he can do at the NFL level. Uh, I think well, obviously we will get to find that out. Uh, but hey, maybe his BMI is gonna be more like you know the Slim Reaper with uh, with Smitty than he is gonna be Tutu Atwell. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. And the last pick that I did skip here from Sid the Kid. We're gonna round out our four round first four round mock draft rookie mock draft of 2023. Stetson Bennett the back-to-back champion, the hero of Athens, Georgia. What is he, 25, 26 coming into the NFL? I mean, he he, he can eat free in Georgia for the rest of his life. Yes, but, man, can. we have – I mean, he plays good, man. He throws the ball around. Nothing stands out athletically from him, though. But he's a good distributor of the football. Like, you know who he kind of reminds me of is a little bit of Brock Purdy. Yep. <laughs> and, <laughs> I was just gonna say he's the and, he's the Brock Purdy of college, right? And if one of those guys like a Stetson Bennett gets into the right system, I don't think he ever comes in as a starter in the NFL anywhere. Probably comes in as like maybe a fourth, fifth round guy, in my opinion. Maybe he's you know what though? If NFL scouts are taking Kellen Mond in the third, why wouldn't you take Stetson Bennett in the third as well? Uh it's it's typically it's it's truly just a tools and traits thing, and that's what a lot of the NFL guys want. They want to develop their guy, but Stetson Bennett is a true just he's a he's a man of the game of football, and I don't know what else to say about it. If he gets into the right role, gets into the right place, he could become something. But man, I I, I don't know. I I don't think I'm drafting a Stetson Bennett, but I do understand why you could draft him as a long throw dart here in the fourth round, but it feels I, I'm not going to try to comp him to Carson Strong. That's disrespectful to Stetson Bennett. But I feel like it's almost like picking to Carson Strong in the fourth. You know, I, I feel like I have a little bit more belief in Stetson Bennett. And, and you know, he's he's a littler, shorter guy. I do think that he could be Brock Purdy-esque where, where he does get drafted as a backup. That will be his intended role. But I do think he will step on a football field. He, he's a winner, right? Like he, he has fought. He's a hard worker. He was a walk-on, transferred to JUCO, transferred back to Georgia, won two national championships, was a, a Heisman contender. Like the dude's story is unreal, and I feel like he's going to work at the next level. He's going to just work really freaking hard to get on the field. We'll see how far that takes him, and we'll see where he ends up. I think that's going to just to determine a lot for Stetson Bennett, but man, who knows? He's good. He was good in college though, man. You can't take that away from him. I mean, yeah, he could be Taylor Heineke. He could be, he could end up being a Brock Purdy. He could be end up, end up being a backup quarterback uh, on a team with an, uh, an unstable quarterback position and or an unstable quarterback position where he has the opportunity to get on at some point and maybe gets to start a year or two. So uh, we'll see. 
you know, we'll see. I think I, I you know, I just have hope for the kid just, or the, I guess the, the man, he's almost as old as I am. So, uh, <laughs> older than me, yeah. I think <laughs> <laughs> it might, might be. we need to check birthdays, but, uh, yeah, that kind of wraps this draft up. Any last things you want to touch on here? Um, no, man, just really excited to get back into the season. We're yeah. going to be grinding out mocks like this all the time. If you want to be in mocks like this with them, we're going to be trying to run them. So reach out to us, drop them in the comments. If you think anybody is absolutely absurd, if you're still a Zach Evans or a Sean Tucker believer that they should be up at the 105, let us know. We'll probably yeah. disagree, but we love to hear the comments from y'all. Um, you know, it, it's a, it's a great season. There's going to be takes here and there that just don't make any sense. People are going to fall in love with guys like I fall in love with Zach Charbonnet and take him at ridiculous values. It's it's my it's my favorite time probably of the dynasty season. Whatever we know, we think we know everything and we truly know nothing. Absolutely nothing. This time last year, we thought Malik Willis was the 101. So, uh, I mean, we we did not. Sorry, NFL mock draft realms thought he was going to be the 101. So let me just and we clarify that real quick. Yeah, we believe them, and that's what you have to do. You have to. So, uh, but yeah, like really, really appreciate Dynasty Barry, uh, Barry eighty three on the board here uh, from Destination Debbie for putting this together, and a big shout out to Destination Debbie and the Heisman community again. Just uh, Patreon forward slash All Gas. Join us in there. You can join a ton of mocks with Barry. Uh, be part of the community. Share your your takes and things like that as well. Love to have you in there. Uh, any last things before we we cut out? No, I think the only last thing I got is we're probably going to be start. We need to start up an actual startup mock draft yeah. with rookies in there. That is what we need to do next, man. Yep. So I think we, we might have an idea for our next show episode next week. And I know we're probably going to split this one out. So with that, wrap us on out of here, man. All right. Well, I, we really appreciate you joining us here. Please like and subscribe. And thank you for joining us here in the Fantasy Draft Room.